To learn more, visit pva.org, a public service of Paralyzed Veterans of America. Six zero three eight eight three nine nine zero zero. You listen to Sports Blast here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, guys. The Celtics came away with a nice victory last night against the Kings, ninety-seven and ninety-two. Isaiah Thomas played against his former team, who drafted him sixtieth um, in the two thousand eleven draft. Do you think he doesn't like that Matt Barnes has his old number? Um. Yeah, I don't think he does. <laughs> like that. That's a weird person to have your old number, that's Matt a, Barnes. That's a bad re- the tool. That is Matt Barnes. Yeah, that's but a, it's like it's sort of like who is Isaiah Thomas to yeah. be covetous over a number? I know, but <laughs> Matt Barnes is such a tool. I don't think anyone wants. Well, it's a bad to rep- share numbers. Yeah, it's a it's Whatever. a bad re- representation <laughs> of of the Isaiah number Thomas. he wears. Yes. I guess. Uh, I mean, fine. Whatever. Matt Barnes sucks. Okay. He's yeah. Fine. So. Bad. Yeah, he's ta- he's bad. So he's also bad. The he's, Kings are bad. Be Brian. mad at everyone who wears his uh, his number. No, that's insane. He might be. That's stupid. I'm, yeah. I I just wouldn't want Matt Barnes to wear my number if I was anyone. But sure. the, the point is, uh, Isaiah Thomas's good friend, um, Demarcus Cousins, Boogie. was playing on the Kings. He he got hurt. He did. He did get hurt by Ty Lawson. He yeah. got elbowed right in the face. It wasn't Ty Lawson. Yeah, I saw that. Wasn't Ty? Ty- no, Terry Rozier. No, Ty Lawson no, elbowed him. I did thought I see. I watched the replay without sound, so I couldn't hear uh, any commentation on it. But I thought, looking at that replay, that his own teammate yeah, hit it, him in the face. Yeah, it Ty was, Lawson elbowed it him. It was close. Like Rogier was definitely involved in that yeah, play. But yeah. Ty Lawson makes had, that steal. Had the brunt of it. I, I, don't, I don't know how many times you watched the replay. I, uh, I, saw, I, wa- I caught it like out of the corner of my eye. I watched it on slow motion number of times. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I wanted I to know think... who hit Demarcus Cousins because that's the that's the former. That's that's gonna be the new Celtic center. Yeah, yeah it looked to me like his. Own I, we need got we him. need to make sure that he's, he's okay. He's not gonna be the new Celtic center though, because uh, Brad Stevens apparently doesn't have an interest in bringing talent onto this team. <laughs> that is correct. Al Horford had uh, twenty six points, eight rebounds, and six blocks. Really, a dominating game. I mean, they didn't get him the ball at all against the Detroit Pistons, mm-hmm. and it was about time that Al Horford really showed his true colors. To the Celtics crowd, you saw him getting really animated throughout the game, which you like to see because he's a guy that really cares about the Celtics organization and he cares about the fans and he wants the fans to be involved here and engaged. And that's the way you you make a winning team is you get everyone on board of what you're doing. And when it comes to Isaiah Thomas taking wild shots, he's got to find a way to make plays for Al Harford, Jay Crowder. Jalen Brown, he's a facilitator from a scoring standpoint. Right. Let's try to see if he can facilitate from an all-around oh, standpoint. Man, but uh, see, like, it's it's a nice thought. I agree with the thought in premise. Yeah. However, you go, okay, Isaiah, he's taking too many wild shots, right? And you, you want him to facilitate, and then you list those names right there. Who's he? Pa- who's he passing to? Yeah, that can make a shot. He's he's almost got no choice but to be hucking up these shots. That he, uh, that he's, you know, he's not a sharpshooter by any means. He can be when he's on, but what other choice does Isaiah have but to be the guy who's throwing all these shots up? He has to be the go-to scorer on this team, right? But I think it's a bad thing, and 
Yeah, it is bad. Let me tell you, if they get to Marcus Cousins, I still don't think the Celtics really make it that far. And the reason no, they why, need two, they need two guys. No, but I mean Al Horford, I think is a good player. You can build around him. He's not the guy. Nope. But when it comes, it's not to, even a top two. But when it comes to Demarcus Cousins and Isaiah Thomas, both of them like to dominate the basketball. Demarcus Cousins has been the guy in Sacramento mm-hmm. for years. Right, he can take threes whenever he wants. Um, Isaiah Thomas in Boston can take threes whenever he wants. Yeah, he can Marcus do it. Smart can take threes whenever he wants. Yeah, he can do it at will. But the point <laughs> is, they take too many threes. Wait, that's they take way making. too many threes. <laughs> yeah, they got no shooters. Go figure. Yeah, uh, I don't know how that's a recipe for success. You have uh, uh, shooters on this team that are subpar at hitting three pointers, and yet you're throwing up the amount of three pointers. Well, well that no, the you Celtics have a, a several. Great three-point. Uh, three no, you don't Jay have Crowder. Great, you don't have great three-point shooters 40%. on this team. You don't have any great three-point shooters on this team. Uh, Jonas Jurepko can make forty percent of his threes. Right. Yeah, he could all, he could also hit zero percent of his threes on any given night. It, well, it only takes like two a game, so he hits one at two. The problem so. is they, they don't have shooters. Yeah, the problem is Avery need, Bradley, and yet they're shooting like they're a, shooting like they have shooters. Lights out this year. They need a guy like Clay Thompson to come in. And just be an enforcer for this team. A legit sharpshooter. Yes. I mean, yeah, you've got guys that are taking threes and they're hitting some of them, but you don't have a legit sharpshooter who you know you can count on to hit the big three when they need it most. They don't have that on this roster. The problem with this team right now is their schedule isn't that difficult. And they just look like they're struggling throughout the entire game, and they can't find a way to win when it matters. Hey, but they're not they that the, good. They have the 76ers. They're not that good, guys. They're overrated. They are. Sorry. Uh, like, they're a good team. They're well coached. I still think that they're top three team in the East. But Dave, that's not saying much. Dave, I'm a huge C's guy. I really like watching this team. But the problem is. Every single game, there's some kind of moment that just shakes my head and it just says, what the hell is going on with this team? And the problem is they don't have like a cohesiveness when it comes to the same message on the court. It's, you know, they, they need ball movement, but sometimes it's way too much ball movement. They don't have rebounding. They can't block shots. Al Horford had, you know, six blocks last night. Great for him. But that was the first production that they really got from a de- defensive standpoint in the paint. Well, he he did well. He did well at times against DeMarcus Cousins, and and sure, that and, was and, about he, it. and yet Cousins still managed to put up twenty eight points and well, grab nine boards. Well, that's because that's he's because the it's guy, Cousins, and he's the guy. You need a guy like that on this roster. You, you, you do. You, you really do, and I, and I think that he's a guy that because he's on the team he's on in Sacramento, and they're they're not a good team. He's someone that they might actually realistically be able to pry away from the Kings, and yet right. we hear these rumors that the Celtics aren't interested because he might be a locker room problem, but any elite talent in this league has He's the potential to be a locker room yeah. problem. Not only is he the guy, but he can rebound. And that's what the Celtics did as well. Grab nine boards last <laughs> night. Also, he's a he's he's a guy that not only brings you an elite talent, but fills a need that this roster is desperate for. They need a guy that can grab boards, a guy that can play defense and hit shots. Score that's, the ball. That's the kind of elite talent that the Celtics need. And guess what? Even if you bring Demarcus Cousins onto this roster as currently constituted, it doesn't make you a championship caliber. It team. It doesn't even make you a championship caliber team then. And that's not even talking about what you'd have to give up to get him. Yep. 
So, so I mean, you're going to have to subtract if you want to get a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, but you have to be willing to do that because otherwise we're going to be sitting here saying, hey, Isaiah Thomas is chucking up all these all, all these three-pointers. He's trying to be the sharpshooter that we need on the team, but he can't be because he's not talented enough. Or you want him to facilitate to guys like Jay Crowder, Jonas Jurepko. Like, those guys aren't sharpshooters either. So you're talking about Isaiah Thomas needing to either – uh, put up too many shots, which which isn't his game, or needing to facilitate to guys that are not sharpshooters. Well, the the point is with uh, him taking way too many shots, it is part of his game. He just can't make them half the time. Right. And, and the problem is with it's this. A, it's about volume for him. A, exactly how he right. Gets his points. But the problem with this team as of late is they don't have that if factor. I alluded to it last week. Mm-hmm. They just don't have that guy down the stretch. But also from a defensive standpoint. This team was top five in the NBA last year in defensive uh, efficiency. Yeah, where's that gone? I don't know. I give it a chance here because Horford's been injured. All right. Give him, give him a little, uh, a, a few games. All Even right, with they're, him in there they're, last they're, night. They're 18 games in. Even with him, the uh, without him the game before against he Detroit. Played, he played great last night, Al Horford, though. Yes. But how do you do against Detroit? He played poorly. Yes, but you they know, didn't get the ball to him. Like like Mark just alluded to, I'm talking about defensively. This is Horford's. Uh, Where was the team on Wednesday night against a horrible Detroit team? Well, they're not horrible. They're so so. They're about as good as you. They're, they're worse. about as good as the Celtics. They're I'm worse. sorry, they're about as good as the Celtics. They have a guy that shoots 38 percent from the free throw line. They're worse. Oh, one guy, Andre Drummond. The Detroit <laughs> Pistons. So the Detroit Pistons scored 121 points against the Celtics defense. It's horrible. That is atrocious. It's unacceptable, really. You know they have a guy like Tobias Harris. You know they have uh, Ishmael Smith. Mm-hmm. None of these guys even should be on a, a decent team. Like if you look at the Celtics roster up and down, half the roster should not be on a Cel- uh, an NBA roster. Well, that's what I, that's sort of James Young. what I was saying. You yeah. mentioned a guy like Tobias Harris, and then you go down the Detroit Pistons roster, it doesn't even sound that different no. than what you have on this team when you compare players individually. You have Al Horford, uh, who's probably better defensively than anybody on the Pistons, but that's Drummond. Is that's pretty good. That's Horford's game, you know. So I give him a chance here. Okay, I give Horford a chance. Maybe this was a breakthrough performance for him, and I think that going forward, as long as the team can get on the same page and maybe they start listening to Brad Stevens a little bit more about playing that team defense, that gritty style of defense that kept them in every game they were they played last year. Uh, we're not that far into the season. Yeah. I, I'm not. That concern. I still believe this team is top three in the Eastern Conference material. I believe that. But they need a they need a guy if they want to get over the top. You know, you're not going to play against a team like Cleveland and have a and have a chance in a in a postseason matchup with with a team like that with the talent they have. I don't even think that you can compare uh, this team with the Chicago Bulls and their talent. I do want to see a little more heart out of this team, and, and the reason why I say that is because Isaiah Thomas, after I believe it was the Golden State Warriors game, he really let in a, a fire to Brad Stevens on how he felt. Twenty-seven minutes, and, and that's and, how much he played. He, he was ups- He was really adamant about uh, only playing twenty-seven minutes. It was ridiculous. So you you look at it and you say, who else is gonna care on this team? Bradley, I think Bradley cares. I think Marcus Smart plays hard too when Mar- he wants. Yeah, but you like there. There's he plays a hard sign. defensively, offensively. He well, it, you, sucks. You can't do much about a guy that just doesn't have offensive talent. He yeah. does. This, uh, 
How much, dude? He, like, he how much? He shouldn't shoot threes. He, right, if he, he drives, but this team he drives to, into the paint. Th- that's that's the, what he needs to do. That's the problem, though, Brian, is that this team has to rely on a guy like Marcus Smart, who doesn't have that offensive talent, to, knock to be threes. a sharpshooter. Yeah. They need, they need more bodies. They need more talent than they have on this roster. And, and for them to say, we're not interested in a guy like De- DeMarcus Cousins because of his attitude is is ridiculous. Is it him? Is it is it the whole team or is it just Brad Stevens? It, it might just be it, Brad I Stevens. I think it's just Stevens. But you know what? And Dude, I, that's a problem. You signed up for this. Right. That, you are an NBA head coach. That, if that's you, a problem. If you wanted to be a successful NBA head coach, you were at some point going to have to coach an elite talent, with, which means you were going to Exactly. You right. were going to have a player at some point on your roster that might just be a headache. He might be a pain in the ass, but I'll tell you what, you're never sniffing a championship if you don't start to bring guys like DeMarcus Cousins to Boston. Yeah, you I, have to try. I think that's the problem with Brad Stevens' attitude. He doesn't have the Doc Rivers attitude. Like, you uh, see Doc uh, the other night? Get yeah, yeah, he got a little animated <laughs> with that ref. Two, two tacks on, uh, in like well, 10 seconds. He was getting two point of views, and he didn't like that, so he just wanted a clear-cut answer. They weren't giving it to him. <laughs> um, but the problem is DeMarcus Cousins kind of reminds me of Kevin Garnett, what, like how Kevin Garnett was in Minnesota. He really had a feistiness about him. He, he had a gritty attitude. He wanted the ball all the time, and that's not a bad thing. So if you're Brad Stevens, you have to accept that. Because, like Dave said, there's players out there, there's superstars out there that have that swagger about them when they want the ball in their hands all the time, but at the same time, they're successful. Right. It's not Marcus Smart checking up threes. It's not Isaiah Thomas, you know, doing a round-the-back, you know, swoop, you know, reverse layup over the backboard. Did you see that, like, last uh, two nights it ago? It didn't count. Did you see Curry's uh, where he fell down and shot it from the ground and it went in? Yeah. But that was crazy. Curry's a freak. But yeah. my whole point is they don't have that freak of an athlete on this team. They're, well, they're, I think Isaiah's a freak. They're freaks his, in their own way. Dude, Isaiah, Isaiah's five foot eight. What are you talking about? Yeah, That's why he's, he's a not freak. a he's not a freak. He's a five foot eight <laughs> yes. player in the NBA. Yes, he's, that's he's freakish a, for no, the NBA. He's at an automatic disadvantage. Exactly. When we, when we use that's the, why he's a freak. When we twi- use the term he's averaging freak, twenty six points a game. That's when we a, when that's we freakish for a five eight player. Sure, it's okay. unique. When we use exactly when that's we what use the term no no freak. Athlete means that you are a, a, an athlete a, a, at He's your given sport. At who five eight, he's a freak for his size in the NBA. Dude, I just don't think that you can uh, apply the term freak as it pertains to sports and and how we usually describe freak athletes. Like a freak athlete is Rob Gronkowski. Yes, he's a massive. Specimen. He's, he's a freak athlete. Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas, Thomas is a is different the, is, kind of freak. Is a little athlete. engine that could. Yes. Okay, but he's at an automatic disadvantage. Uh, right. Yeah. So. So he's he's not a physical freak. I didn't say a he's physical just, freak. He's just a hardworking I, little guy he's, he's a amongst a sea of huge players <laughs> that are actual physical freaks. Right. I didn't say he was a physical freak. You're saying a freak of talent? Yes. He's not that talented. He's not that talented. He's no in, in no sense of the word when it pertains he's to not, athletes. He's not is he a freak? The only way that he's a freak is when you define freak by he's an outlier. 
He's an outlier. Right. And that's that's it. That's what I'm describing it. Which as. is almost mean. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just a li- he's, small. he's just a little guy playing in a league full of huge players, which makes him a freak because yeah. he's out there on the floor. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. He's a freak because he's five foot eight. He's at a, a disadvantage. That's he's not at a disadvantage correct. because he's five foot eight. <laughs> All right. If you were if you were a six foot four player, he'd be. He'd be more talented. He'd probably. He'd, he'd have a better chance at putting up more points if he were a, a bigger player in this league. I This is not to knock Isaiah Thomas. It's not. I love the way that Isaiah Thomas plays. And if you didn't have him on this team, you'd be screwed. But it's not enough. It's not enough. And if you're, right, Brad, I agree if with you're you. Brad Stevens, you have got to embrace the fact that it is going to at some point be your job to coach a pain-in-the-ass player if you have any hopes of ever winning a championship as a head coach in this league, whether that's with the Celtics or with any other team, if you want a championship as a head coach, you're going to have to learn to coach those players. Yeah. And if you bring it into Marcus Cousins and he destroys your locker room chemistry, you take the rest. That's your fault, Brad Stevens, because you couldn't control the guy. You need that talent in this league. We say it all the time. Every year we talk about you need the freakish talent. They don't have it. And apparently Brad Stevens doesn't want it because it's too too hard to coach? Yeah. Are you kidding? He doesn't like the coachability factor. That's a, This is one of those th- – it's the first time I've really looked at Brad Stevens and questioned his head coaching capability as an NBA head coach. Because, yeah, fine, you can take a bunch of college athletes how and coach them to extension? a title because well, they'll listen to How long you. is this extension? Six years. But, oh, my. But but the problem is we don't know if if it's, it is if it is Brad Stevens that probably is worried is. about it. It probably is. He got Rondo know, out of town, We don't know he? for certain, He though. got Rondo out of town, right? It's a bit of because speculation. Because he couldn't coach Rondo. It's a bit of speculation. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there were the rumblings out there that Brad Stevens is the guy who is kind of Not saying – I, I don't think I want this guy in this locker room uh, sort of infecting whatever bad attitude he might have uh, and, and infecting the rest of the team with that sort of attitude. Brad, yeah. Brad Stevens, news for you. If you want to win a championship in the NBA, you need to coach elite talent. So figure out how to do it, buddy, because you're never going to win a title without that elite talent. Make it quick. Yeah, he thinks he can coach an average team by himself. That's not going to happen. He needs a superstar. Guys, when we come back, we will do our Week 13 NFL picks, which I'm dominating. Not to brag or anything, guys. All yeah, right, that but wasn't braggadocious no. at all. You're listening to ESPN New Hampshire <laughs> Radio, the Sports Blast. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, celebrating 10 years as Manchester's sports station. I'm Omar Reese with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Trevor Simeon will miss Sunday's game against the Jaguars with a foot sprain. Ricky Paxton Lynch will get his second start for the Broncos after playing in a Week 5 loss against the Falcons. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is officially listed as questionable with a hamstring injury he suffered in Monday's win against the Eagles. Rodgers was limited in practice all week but should play Sunday against the Texans, barring an unforeseen setback. Andrew Luck could return Monday against the Jets. The Colts quarterback was a full go at practice Friday for the second straight day. Luck is in concussion protocol, but is scheduled to meet with an independent neurologist with the expectation that he'll be cleared. And Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski had back surgery Friday for a herniated disc. Gronk posted an Instagram later that he's officially on rehab day one. Gronk is expected to miss at least several weeks for the Patriots. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. 
Napa know-how. This winter, millions of drivers will mutter disparaging words under their breath and shake their fists in the air due to dead car batteries. Luckily, there's Napa with a wide range of batteries at a wide range of prices to fit any budget, including the always reliable Napa Legend battery. So, the only thing that gets heated up this winter is your car, right after it starts up on the first try. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Don't keep your favorite memories buried in the basement. With everyone gathering for the holidays, now is the perfect time to send those old photos, cassettes, and home videos to Legacy Box, where we transfer your cherished memories to DVD or thumb drive and send them back to you in digital form. Ready to watch, share, and relive. Order today to get your Legacy Box by Christmas and save 40% off your order when you go to LegacyBox.com go. Get 40% off today at LegacyBox.com go. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroid Me in Nashua and Embroid Me in Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen-printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at EmbroidMe-Nashua.com or EmbroidMe-Bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroid Me, your promotion marketing partner for our troops and their families the military is more than a career it's a journey and every step along the way the uso is there it's an experience that that soldier will never forget that's what the uso does be a part of their journey donate today at uso.org scores standings trades and breaking news this is your espn new hampshire update Al Horford and the Celtics beat the Sacramento Kings last night at TD Garden 97-92. According to basketball reference, Horford made a bit of history becoming the first NBA player to tally at least 26 points, four three-pointers, six blocks, and two steals in a single game. DeMarcus Cousins racked up 28 points and nine boards in the loss, but Brad Stevens doesn't want him on the team. The Green are right back at it tonight. They travel to Philly to play the 76ers. Tip-off is at 7.30. The Bruins are in Buffalo today following a 2-1 shootout victory against the Hurricanes on Thursday night. That win's significant because it was the first victory by a Bruins goalie not named Tuka Rask this year. And he should be the man in net today, taking on Jack Eichel and the Sabres. Puck drops at 1 o'clock. Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski underwent successful back surgery to repair a herniated disc yesterday. Nine players listed as questionable for tomorrow's game against the Rams for the Patriots. Martellus Bennett, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan among them. Tavon Austin is doubtful for Los Angeles. Kickoff from Gillette Stadium tomorrow is at 1 o'clock. This Sports Center update is brought to you by Basque, the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Now with imaging options, learn more at basqueimaging.com. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. It's about that time. Week 13 NFL picks. Guys, I think this is the best part of the show. It has been for you this year, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, I've been, been dominating. Your picks have been correct. <laughs> for the rest of us, it's like, ugh. 
Uh, I'm this sorry. Is, this is a difficult time of day for us right now. We got to make some NFL picks. Yeah, you guys got a long walk back. Seriously, um, I don't. I don't think there's even a, a chance now. This yeah. late. This late in the air, it's gonna be tough to make up that sort of ground. Somebody's well, got to sprint down. What's the going stretch. on anyway with the uh, the record? Yeah, Brian, the floor's yours. You re you really want to know, Dave? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Mark is in first. One eighteen fifty seven and two. Wow. Ashish is in second. 108, 67, and two. Ten games back. Yes. Second place. Yes. Wow. You are 105, 70, and two. Cross that. I am 175, and two. Nice. So I'm five games behind you. Okay. So everyone's crossed the century mark, at least. That's yes. pretty good. We've all gotten to 100 wins. I mean, our picks haven't been bad this year. No. Which is mark is far and away beating us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it happens. So, so I'm 11 games back. Is that correct? I'm one game behind Ashish. You're three games back of Ashish. Three games back of Ashish. Yes. I can catch him. Uh, Ashish is 108. I'm See, right? I'm trying to catch you. So I I'm can not. salvage the silver. <laughs> I, I'm trying to not be last. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I. I want Ashish to finish last, like he usually does. Well, the thing is, if you're not first, you're last, right? <laughs> right. Well, this isn't Ricky Bobby. But right. if you're last, you're last. Then you're not then first. You're, then you're last. <laughs> right. That's, yeah, that's then you're. Then you're not anything. That's <laughs> I mean, my goal. Depends, then it depends on how many people are playing. I have. <laughs> I have four weeks. Uh, well, actually, no. I have 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So I have five weeks. Five weeks. Plus the playoffs to make up five games to catch you. Eight games to catch Ashish. So that's my goal. Yeah, you're, all right, Brian. you're screwed. I don't care about first <laughs> place anymore. Brian, we got some games to pick, all we right? We do. We do. The floor's yours. All right, guys. Uh, first up, Mark's Miami Dolphins taking on the Baltimore Ravens at home. Sorry, Mark, but the streak ends this week against Baltimore. Uh, and it's mostly because Baltimore's at home. I would have liked Miami's chances the way that they've been playing of late if it were a game being played in Miami. But because it's against Baltimore, and I do think that the Baltimore defense is underrated this year, I think they'll be able to get to Ryan Tannehill and cause him to look more like the Ryan Tannehill that we were used to seeing at the beginning of the year with that poor pocket presence. I think that he might just regress a little bit this week going up against a tough defense. Joe Flacco, he's going to do enough to uh, to be able to outscore Miami and look for Mike Wallace against his former team to step up and he have a big game. He already had his revenge game earlier against Pittsburgh as well, so he should do well. Well, this, I think, is a little bit more on his radar in terms yeah. of a game where he's going to want to step up and have a big one. And that sort of, the, that sort of narrative usually plays right. out. I think Mike Wallace due to have a big game. So she sent me his picks as well, so I'll read those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll wait until after you're done, Mark. Oh, okay. So we don't have to keep it in the same order we usually Well, do, guys. Since he's not here. I'm a realistic Dolphins fan, okay? We've won seven straight, which is pretty significant. Um, it's been seven? Yes, it has. Seven in a row. Well, no, six straight. Six straight. Six Sorry. straight. Yeah, this, that's I why mean, I thought. This, this pretty much <laughs> coincides with the Cubs winning the World Series and Donald Trump becoming president. Right. And all, the, all this stuff. The it's world like, it's is like we're ending. The, it's like we're in the twilight zone. I know. Yeah. The Browns don't have a win. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> no, oh, it does oh. Make The Dolphins sense. winning seven games in a row. That doesn't matter. The, the Browns being winless, it makes me more comfortable about okay. <laughs> about society. <laughs> okay? Okay. Well, they, so if the Browns win three straight, you might be a little I'm, I'm going I'm to leave the country. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have a bye week this week, so it's a win for them. The, guys, the <laughs> Dolphins finally have a good coach, but yeah, I, I think their streak ends in Baltimore. I just think Baltimore's the better team right now. Um, I do like Miami's hot streak. You know, Brandon Albert's going to be back. 
uh, Laramie Tunsil for the offensive line. But Jai will get stopped. I don't think that that will be good for Ryan Tannehill. He needs a little balance in the game. Although he's shown off his arm and it's been looking good. But Devontae Parker may not be playing. I heard uh, he's not playing. Yeah, I think yeah. That, I think if he's active, he's not even going to get snaps. Right, yeah, so gonna take care of him. That being said, I think that defense does walk all over that offense and Miami Street ends. So uh, I think this is one game where we might actually start catching Ashish because he chose Miami. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's a bold choice. Yeah, it's not I, bad. I'm going Baltimore. Um, I had Miami's defense in fantasy. I went and picked up Baltimore's defense because Baltimore at home. And they turned the ball. Uh, they were able to force turnovers last week against mm-hmm. Cincinnati, and those are like fumbles. Uh, I think Ryan Tannehill might have a pick or two, may- maybe a defensive touchdown uh, for for Baltimore as well. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong, fans. <laughs> prove me wrong, but prove a sheesh right. Yeah, don't do that. No, <laughs> don't prove a sheesh right. All right, next up, guys, Bills at the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. Uh, they're the real deal, and going up against a team like Buffalo who I don't consider to be the real deal. I don't trap think, game. I don't think that they have a lot of talent. It could be a trap game. It, it Easily. Easily could be a trap game. When you're talking about a young team like Oakland, the inexperience that they have, even though they've been uh, great this year, yeah, there's the possibility for a trap game. This could be a perfect week for that. But uh, I'm not going to go based on the thought that, hey, you know, a team that sucks as bad as the Bills is just going to beat a team like Oakland who's talented because Oakland's not going to show up. It's a trap game. No, I, I never play the trap, all right? Oakland is the better team here. They're at home against the Bills. Give me Oakland to to basically walk all over the Bills. This is going to be a, uh, a landslide victory for the Raiders, I believe. Yeah, I, I like the Raiders too, but I, I think the defense will have a little trouble because I think Tyrod Taylor likes to extend plays. Sammy Watkins is back. And, and Sammy Watkins is back, but LaShawn McCoy could Big actually have deal. a LaShawn McCoy could actually have a big game because yeah. the Raiders shady. run defense is pretty shady. Um, How healthy is Watkins really going to be? I got you. But I I think the Raiders got it. I don't think the Bills have a a chance. Um, But if they do have a chance, it's because Tyrod Taylor is not getting sacked. He's not turning over the ball. So give me Oakland. Uh, Shisha also has Oakland, and I also have Oakland. I was going to go Bills to try to make up ground, but that didn't work out last week. I went 0-5 against games I picked against Mark, and, and it did not go over well. Yeah, because Mark picked all the right teams. Yeah, yeah. you went 12-2 yeah. last week. That was a big week. Yeah, that's, that's very disappointing. Just keep building it. Very disappointing for me. Just, I, I was yeah, very he's pulling, sad. He's pulling away down the stretch. Yeah. It's getting yeah. harder and harder. Yeah, it's like Oakland right now. You know. We still well, got I mean, what seven yeah, weeks? Sort of. <laughs> we still got what seven weeks we, left. We have five, five regular weeks. season five weeks. and well, then, then play, yeah, play, playoffs. playoffs. Nice. And there's more in the playoffs. More fun to yeah. Stakes are high and whatnot. Yeah, stakes so are high. Saying there's a chance. Yes, and not for Buffalo because Oakland's gonna run the table. Oh, I thought that Sammy Watkins coming back was gonna save their bacon. It's a trap game. I thought. It could. I said it could be. Are a you trap trying game. to bait I, me into picking the Bills? <laughs> no, I was just saying it could be. It's not going to be. I was saying it could be. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next up, guys, Colts at the New York Jets. And Jets suck. <laughs> so do the Colts though. Not I mean, as bad as the Jets. Come I don't on. know. This Come is on. a tough one. Now the now the Colts defense Monday is, night pretty, football. is pretty bad. Ryan Fitzpatrick getting the start again. Yep. Andrew Luck is back. Yes. Oh, well, he yeah, should he'll be. He'll be throwing a T.Y. Hilton. You sure he's back? He'll he's seeing a Moncrief. He'll be back. Neurological psychologist. For what? 
His brain. His brain, his concussion. It's, he's still not clear to play yet. He'll play. I have I have confidence based on what I've heard that he's gonna be out there. Okay. You got inside sources. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> do you know do you know the coach? No, uh, no, I don't know him personally. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has to clear the concussion Look, protocol. Look, Andrew Luck's out there, or if uh, what's his name, that backup, Tolzine. Tolzine. Scott Tolzine. Guess what? It doesn't matter. The Jets are a horrendous team. The only reason we saw the best from the Jets last week is because of the opponent being the Patriots. They always play the Patriots tough. Yeah. Now that they've finished their game against the Patriots, it's back down to playing at the Jets level, and the Jets level is they suck at football. And so Indy's going to beat them on Monday night. Okay. I disagree with you. I, I think the Jets will win this game. Oh, I was going to call it she's stupid for picking the Jets. All right. Well, well, <laughs> well my thing is, I just don't – I never had faith with the Colts this year. Um, they're playing in a, an awful division. They're not playing hard opponents. They could still win the, and that division. I know, but they're still, like, looking to, to struggle for some reason every single game. They have to have a comeback. Well, they're like, not well like, coached, and they don't have a good defense. Like that game in London, though, they played the Jacksonville Jaguars, right. and they won with that comeback. But they should have even been down. They should have been dominating the entire game. Jacksonville's well, Jacksonville not a good team. likes playing in London. We all know that because that's where they want to move to. All right, but <laughs> besides the point, okay? <laughs> the Colts just don't have it, okay? Andrew Luck, if he does play, I think the defense of the Jets is underrated. I think they could get after the quarterback, put a little pressure on him. And what we know about Andrew Luck, he's a great quarterback, but he forces the ball into some tiny windows. It doesn't have that great of an accuracy. So I'm going to have to go with Matt Forte leading the pack um, with the Jets. She's going with the Jets. I was going to call him a moron, but seeing as Mark also chose it. Yeah, I, now you have a little more confidence in the pick. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. But, but I'm still Mark going the Colts. running away with these picks. The Colts. I think they score 40 points against the Jets, and the Jets score seven. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's a gut feeling. That's 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 what I'm going with. All right, guys. Sunday night game, Carolina at Seattle. I put this on here because two quarterbacks, um, uh, good quarterbacks. Yeah. And I think two, it's two a, teams a good with matchup. History. They've met in the playoffs before. It is a good. Oh, well, it would have been a good matchup if Carolina was any good this year. Yeah. Their defense <laughs> blows. They're awful. So, I mean, and, hey, the Seahawks did not have themselves a good game last week against Tampa Bay. Their offense blows. Their offense is horrendous. They don't have an offensive line. All they got is Russell Wilson. And he didn't even do anything. And the Patriots couldn't stop him when they played. So, mm. yeah, Tampa Bay did. Just a, <laughs> just a little uh, shot at how how good the Patriots defense is when this Seattle offense basically tore up the Patriots. And then scored five points against Tampa Bay. And then couldn't score against Tampa. What the hell is going on with the Patriots defense? Anyway. Two, two points on a safety. Seahawks are going to win this game against Carolina because Carolina does not have Josh Norman on their team anymore, and that apparently has been enough to sink the Carolina Panthers' ship this year. Despite the fact they still have an outside shot of making the playoffs. They do. An outside shot, mind you. They do. Yeah. Uh, they they are not good enough to beat a team like Seattle, especially after Seattle does lose a game like that against Tampa Bay. I think that, that you're looking at a bounce-back week for a team that is well-coached in the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, this is going to be a blowout. Uh, Carolina is going to get demolished, okay? The, the fact that Luke Keekley isn't even playing, um, the offensive line can't keep Cam Newton on his feet, um, and Seattle, like you said, they lost. Did last week against Oakland. But yeah, like I, I Oakland's guess defense is horrendous. Khalil Mack is a beast, though. Yeah, yeah, they have one guy one on their. Guy. Team. I'm so sick of like Khalil Mack is amazing, and, and Oakland's defense is good because they have one player. 
I didn't say they were good. I didn't say they were good. They were good last week. I just said Khalil Mack is good. No, you said that the Carolina offense was able to keep Cam Newton upright last week against the Oakland defense. Well, that's not really an amazing accomplishment. It's like like, uh, talking about the Denver Broncos. It's not just Von Miller. There's other pieces to it. Is there? What? Is there? Yeah, keep to lead. Yeah. Might be the of best course. corner in the league this year. TJ Ward? I would, I would put him right up there, absolutely. I wouldn't. But, but You're re- nuts. But regardless, <laughs> the, Seattle, this year. the Seattle Seahawks played awful against the Buccaneers. You know they're going to come out with a sense of vengeance because they want to win and wrap up the NFC West. They don't want to give Cardinals a little breathing room. They want to wrap this up. So that's why I think the Seattle Seahawks come away with the victory. See, I thought Cam Newton looked very good in the second half last week. Again, against the Oakland Raiders. Yes, but did you see his first half where he was dreadful? Yeah, he was, he was bad. He had like a good 12 passer rating. So he went from being terrible to playing decent. well against okay. a team no. he should have played well against in the first Not place. Not even decent or okay. He was brilliant. He was hitting passes he hasn't thrown all year. Yeah, but the fact that you say he had an awful first half and he a was good a, second. He was brilliant second half. Brilliant second. That's an average quarterback. It's a decent game in I my I don't mind. think you can say that any quarterback who puts up numbers against Oakland really had a brilliant game. Yeah. I think his second half was brilliant. The way he was pinpointing the he ball. He did what he had to do. Yes. But what he, he should have done. He wasn't doing that in the first half. So I was That's shocked on, that he him. actually did something. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So wh- who's your pick? Yeah, who's I'm, your pick? P- I'm picking Carolina. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a different sort of game for them going up against a real defense. So yeah. Th- they got rid of Ron Rivera, so they're going to have to. S- no, they didn't. Rivera? I, I thought they get. They, the did they fire somebody recently? Well, no. They didn't fire the head coach. Though. They did not fire Riverboat Ron. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did. Let he me may, check His that. job might be up in, uh, up for grabs pretty soon. Yeah, he's going to be on the hot seat they regardless. They don't make the postseason this year. Who knows? I, I don't think so. They'll I probably th- give him another shot. Yeah. yeah that, that it's not his fault they traded Josh Norman. Uh, she should pick Seattle, by the way. He did. In case everyone wants Smart to. move. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Houston at Green Bay. Yeah, the good news for Green Bay, uh, considering their defense is horrible, is that they're playing Houston, whose offense is horrible, and they're at home. So give me Clay Green Bay. Clay Matthews is out. Who? Clay Matthews. Who's that? You don't know Clay Matthews? Oh, Clay, Clay Matthews of Green Bay. For some reason, I was I was thinking uh, you were talking about somebody on Houston. Clay Matthews being out uh, basically makes the defense, you know, it's whatever. Their defense sucked with him. I know, but the run defense is going to suck even more. Yeah, well, what kind of run game does Houston have? Lamar Miller. Yeah, why are you so contrarian today? <laughs> yeah, because you're gonna pick Green Bay when it gets around to you anyway, yeah. and yet you're being contrarian. Like, I'm I, not. I, how are you picking the Houston Texans in because this game? Because they're on, a division Green leader. Bay, so at Green Lambeau. Bay sucks. Yeah, Green Bay's a bad team, but Houston can't score. They can defend. They have them. a horrible offense. Lamar Miller's gonna run. Please. Run. Defense run. wins games. Please. Uh, Lamar Miller runs through. Green defenses. Bay, Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau against Brock Osweiler and the Houston Texans. Give me Green Bay to have a, a what is a mirage of a good defensive game because of how bad Houston is on offense. And have yeah. me give me Green Bay to crush Houston in this game. You Please. would you would think that Green Bay would win this game, right? Just because it, it is on paper. But you look at they played against the Colts. They lost 31-26. 
They played against the Titans, 47 to 25. They got Redskins dismantled by 40, the Titans, 42 to 24. All of those teams have quarterbacks, by the way. And uh, and at the, the, the same time, yeah, Marcus Mariota, who has uh, been ridiculous this year, he's in, right. he's he's been better than anyone has expected him to be this year. The problem is, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Okay, that's a problem, especially going up against the Houston Texans. They the Green Bay Packers have not been Green Bay as of late, okay? They not. They're not good, but Houston sucks. They yeah. have a running game. It, 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 it is going to be a, a tight game, though. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be like 21-17. Yeah. Um, but I think Green Bay comes away with the victory. She just picked Green Bay. I pick Houston. I think Houston squeaks out this win. I need this win. It's fine. Houston. You, you want to keep losing just games. Just keep That's losing fine. games. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead and pick Houston. Next up, guys, <laughs> Kansas City at Atlanta. Ooh. I actually like Kansas City in this game. I would generally go with Atlanta on their home field. They've got a ridiculous uh, offensive powerhouse there down in, down in Atlanta. But Kansas City is a solid team. Scored 30 points against Denver. Yeah, they can put up numbers. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. This was the toughest pick for me this week. Because I think it's two good teams, really. But Atlanta, defensively, they're not they're not super good, even even if they're at their home field. I like what Kansas City has done this year, and that's without Jeremy Macklin, who they might have back. I don't know if that will actually they're disrupt. Worse. They're worse with Jeremy I, I, Well, I was just going to say, I don't know if that will actually disrupt some of the offensive flow that Tyree Alex Smith Hill. has had going with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But... I think they'll figure it out. I think they are well coached, even though uh, uh, and Andy Reid generally screws up big games at big times. This isn't the biggest game on the schedule here for Kansas City. I think it's a I think it's a game that's going to be hard fought uh, because you've got a good offense going up against a good defense. But I think the defense put Eric Berry on Julio Jones. That's all you need to do. Well, I mean, and Jones will still or get Marcus his catches. Peters. Jones will still get his catches. He had two catches last week. He'll still get his catches. Because he's Julio Jones, no. but I, I think as long as you limit him, if you're smart, right. uh, uh, as Andy Reid tends to be, defend with, Taylor uh, with the defense. Because apparently Arizona didn't know how to do that last week. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. So give me KC to win on the road against Atlanta in a, in a difficult game to win. Guys, the the Kansas City Chiefs have been pretty good on the road. They're they're four and two. Uh, they played a pretty good game against the uh, Denver Broncos. Um, probably probably the game of the year for them. They really needed to come out. And, and show them, you know, show the, the Broncos who's boss in the AFC West along with Oakland. So I, I think they're going to have to make a run for the Raiders' money, and I think they have the talent and what it takes. I think the Atlanta Falcons really lower their expectations now um, playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are the real deal um, of the AFC. I, I think they're right there with Oakland. So that's why I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs against the Falcons, even though that explosive offense, it is what it is in Atlanta. Ashish picks Kansas City. I also pick Kansas City. I, w I was thinking Atlanta, but I think Atlanta's going to choke and Tampa Bay is going to win the division. So That's yeah. not a bad uh, predicament. Yeah, last pick, guys. The Los Angeles Rams are at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, Patriots win lock of the week. Yeah, Patriots win. Lock the league. Fisher's one of these coaches that uh, you know he's been in the league for a while, but he's a total a hole. And I think he thinks Danny Woodhead's still on the team. I'm pretty sure he's an idiot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the uh, one of the last times that Belichick went up against a Fisher coach team was uh, was it uh, four years ago, probably. 
And he, he won something like 56 to nothing. All right, this is a guy that Belichick wants to crush. So that when he was with the blowout. Titans, too? I think so. In the snow game? That was brutal. Oh, yeah, well, that was the last time that uh, a Fisher coach team made the playoffs, 2001. So he still somehow has a coaching job in this league. And uh, I don't get it because yeah. the Rams are a terrible team. And He's uh, always been an average coach. Ashish picks the Rams. I'm just kidding. He picks the Patriots. <laughs> no, that was a shocker. I, I, I picked the Patriots, and they're my lock of the week as there well. You go. Okay, you're, you're smart about that pick. Yeah, that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. So, guys, we don't necessarily pick every game on air. So if you want to check out the complete list of picks, you could check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Sports Blast. When we get back from break, like the Celtics, the Bruins have followed suit of being mediocre as well to start the camp uh, campaign, trying to find an answer to their problems. Well, we don't have them, so we're going to discuss that when we get back from break. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's local ESPN. Are you looking for an electrical contractor you can count on for insight, experience, and quality work? How about a partner who is dependable and operates with high integrity? The answer is Hammond Electric. Hammond Electric provides quality licensed electrical work for commercial, industrial, biomedical, and life sciences facilities in Massachusetts, southern New Hampshire, and southern Maine. Hammond Electric, powering your productivity. Please call 800-966-5040 or visit HammondElectric.com. Imagine this. Your 13-year-old son is at his friend's house. There's probably a bunch of them, all hanging out in the basement. They're watching TV or maybe playing video games. There's lots of joking around, laughing, maybe some roughhousing, and maybe they're doing shots of whiskey in between beers. And maybe one has gone into the liquor cabinet to see what else he can find. Imagine your kid doing that. New Hampshire ranks second in the nation in alcohol use among 12 to 20-year-olds. And almost a third of our teens report that they started drinking before they were 15. You can check the stats at checkthestatsnh.org. As parents, we want to protect our kids, but we have to start now before it's too late. Learn how you can make a difference in your child's life at checkthestatsnh.org and help the partnership for a drug-free New Hampshire. Start the conversation today. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? <laughs> it's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? GreenerGadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. Do you know that kids between the ages of 6 to 11 experience what is known as the golden age of neuromuscular development? This is a very important time in life for kids to experience physical activity. So encourage your kids to be active, either playing with their friends, playing sports, going to dance or gymnastics. Kids who move better are more likely to be active. This message is brought to you by NAFERD, New Hampshire Association for Health, Physical Education, 
Recreation and Gets. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. Al Horford and the Celtics beat the Sacramento Kings last night at TD Garden 97-92. And according to basketball reference, Horford with a bit of history last night becoming the first NBA player to tally at least 26 points, four three-pointers, six blocks, and two steals in a single game. DeMarcus Cousins racked up 28 points and nine boards in the loss. The Green are back at it tonight. They travel to Philly to play the 76ers. Tip-off is at 7.30. The Bruins are in Buffalo today following a 2-1 victory against the Hurricanes on Thursday night. That win significant because it was the first victory by a Bruins goalie not named Tuka Rask this season. He should be the man in net today, taking on Jack Eichel and the Sabres. Puck drops in about 15 minutes from Buffalo. Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski underwent successful back surgery to repair a herniated disc yesterday. Nine players listed as questionable for New England with their game coming up uh, coming up tomorrow against Los Angeles. Martellus Bennett, Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Chris Hogan among them. Tavon Austin is doubtful for Los Angeles. Kickoff from Gillette Stadium is at 1 o'clock. This Sports Center update is brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency. For home, auto, or business, visit BealsInsurance.com. I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Forget the coffee. I am in so much pain right now. I got a massive headache. The Sports Blast has the cure for your Friday night hangover. Hey, bro, you mind putting on some pants? I find it a little weird. I have to ask twice. Three hours of sports talk. That would be terrific. That would be great, huh? Terrific. That was terrific. Only on ESPN New Hampshire. Well, guys, Anton Hudobin is no longer a virgin in the 2016-17 season. Finally got the win at home against the Hurricanes, even though this team has looked pretty ugly. He got a win. He got a win. Finally, someone who is not Tuka Rask wins a game in net for the Boston Bruins. It's significant. It, it is. is. You know, and it's even more significant because the Bruins did not play that well. And they had to rely on Anton Hudobin to have a good game, to sort of be a, a reliable backup goalie. You're going to need that this year because you can't rely on Tuka Rask playing 70 games and, and hope that he's just going to be healthy and, and top-notch for all of it. Tuka's having a hell of a season. you got to make sure that that continues. So you need a backup who's going to be able to fill in once in a while, especially against teams like Carolina, Again, the Bruins didn't have a great game against them, but they managed to pull out the victory because they got a good performance from Hudobin. They go to a shootout, and what do you know? They use David Pasternak in the shootout as opposed to Riley Nash, and they win. Yeah, they had Ryan Spooner, Riley, Riley Nash lead the shootout against the Flyers. It's kind of like asking yourself, why did that happen in, in the first place? And I, I think they made the right adjustments. Um, you know, second shootout. Um, it's it is tough to see. Um, you know, guys like Bergeron really slip in some games though. Um, and, and Bergeron's one heck of a. He's the be one of the best two way uh, forwards in the NHL. Absolutely. But the problem is lately we just haven't seen the guy that everybody's accustomed to seeing. Yeah, he's not putting up points. Uh, he's not scoring goals. He's still doing his job defensively. So you're getting that out of him. But at the same time, I'm not that worried about Patrice Bergeron. This year, yeah, he struggled at the beginning of the year through the first uh, quarter of the season, but yeah, he'll pick it up. 
Who, who are a, you worried he's about? A consummate professional. Uh, on this team, I uh, I think that it you got to look at the performance of David Krejci. Hasn't been good enough for a second line center. Uh, you got to worry about uh, the third and fourth lines. Really, you're not getting depth out of this lineup. Uh, it's it's Pasternak, Marchand, Bergeron. That's your line. That's giving you production offensively, and that's it. There's nothing else beyond that first line who's giving you offensive production. Now, somehow this year, they've actually managed to step up defensively. It's been the opposite of what I thought would happen. Last year, they were a top-five offense. They were in the bottom of the NHL in defense. This year, it's the opposite, and I thought it would be worse, honestly. But since Zdeno Chara's gone down, they've given up uh, only nine goals in the past five games without Zdeno Chara. And Car- sub-two goals against average without Chara in the lineup. And Carlo has been looking pretty good. Carlo looks shell shocked uh, in that game that he went down against St. Louis. He didn't. He didn't finish up that game. But uh, since then, he's been fine. It's a wake up. I have for no him. problem with the way that Brandon Carlo's been playing. He's a twenty year old kid. He just turned twenty. This kid's been great this year. And and you got a lot to look forward to with with a guy like Carlo when he's performing this well at such a young age. That's all well and good. But this team needs some offense because y- you can't rely on a guy like Brandon Carlo, who's 20 years old, to be a top-flight defenseman in this league. You can't be relying so heavily on Tory Krug, who's, had, who's averaged like 28 minutes a, a night since Char has gone down, and he's stepped up, and he's he's played remarkably well. Yeah. Tory Krug has stepped up in the absence of Zidane Chara, and you're looking for that out of your, uh, I'm using air quotes here, veteran players. Tory Krug's 24 years old. So you've got young defensemen who are stepping up, and I got to wonder how much it was that last year they looked at their roster and Claude Julian may have been told last year, and I and I felt it all last year, okay, that the system had changed a little bit for Julian. And I almost think that Sweeney and Neely kind of got in Julian's ear and said, hey. You got to adjust. You, you're going to have to make it so that these, young, that these players are scoring goals. You're going to have to be a little more offensive-minded because our defense is pretty bad. We or, do, or we else have we'll can your ass. We have subpar talent. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that every year for the past two years, Julian's job has been up in the air. So he's always fighting for his life. Right. But when you consider last season, I think that they looked at the defense and, and the talent level they had and said, we need to score goals. Whereas this year, I think Julian, because of the way that it ended last year, had some right to go ahead and say, I don't care about the talent we have. I'm going to coach this defense up. And we're going to play defensive hockey. That's how we're going to win. But the problem is you've got... Offensive players that are now being too defensively responsible, they're not scoring goals. You're going to need the offense. You don't have the talent on defense to sustain this sort of success at the blue line. So, And Tuca's been great, but he's going to have a couple games here and there too where he's not going to be at the top of his game. So Good. you need the offense to start pitching in. Yeah, going to have to find a balance. We're not done with the Bruins. When we get back from break, we'll talk more. You'll listen to ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Celebrate twice the holiday season with Metro.